just like that, we're live. So this is going to be the uh, third episode in our gospel series on Unveiled. We've got uh, Bishop Joey Williams with us this morning, and then we're going to we're going to pick his brain about the topic of faith. If y'all want to just hang out for just a second. So uh, the comments, I believe, are working now on YouTube and Facebook. So if you've got a question that you wanted to ask somebody, I want you to feel that, with, uh, that you have the liberty to do so. We're going to be discussing at length this morning the doctrine of faith. What, uh, what does faith mean? Is there a difference between saving faith and any other types of faith? Uh, we're going to look at the scripture uh, Hebrews 11 to begin with, and I've got pulled up here uh, one through three. If you, uh, Brother Austin, you want to read it or I'll put yep. it on the screen. Yeah, I have it right here. Hebrews 11, one through three. Yes, sir. It says, uh, and this is English Standard Version. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Very good. And that's going to be kind of our, uh, what you call that before we got started? Our, uh, oh, you used the word I didn't. Focus verse, I suppose. Or, yeah. Text. Uh, yeah, top text. Yeah, our text. Sorry, that's the classroom. <laughs> that's fine, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, now, typically... Whenever we have a, a guest on, I just give you the. I didn't say this beforehand, and I forgot that's on me. Uh, typically, I moderate more than I speak, so I'm going to kind of help with that, unless Brother Austin doesn't want me to. No, y'all go ahead. So, if I were to ask you, uh, Pastor Joe, to to describe or to define faith in in words, what would you use? If you, would you use that text of scripture, which in some ways would be difficult for an unbeliever to understand that, I think is fair, right? Uh, but we're geared towards believers in this podcast. So if you had to define it, if somebody said, Pastor, what it, did, give me the definition of biblical faith, what would you say? I mean, I think that verse of scripture, uh, the first verse there sums it up. Uh, you guys threw me up. Through a different version on me than I'm used to, but uh, would you like a different one pulled up? No, 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 that's fine. I, I, I can roll with it, but I mean, the first three words of that verse now, faith is. I mean, mm -hmm. following that is the definition of what faith is it's it's substance, it's hope, it's evidence, it's 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 uh, it's that that confidence that we have in God that God will do what He said He would do. So, whenever Paul's talking about uh being justified by faith being said when we started our uh our episode on justification we we come a lot out of romans as you might imagine right where it talks about uh how abraham was justified by faith and by faith to faith the just live by faith and you think that you could you could take this verse of scripture and take the word faith out and put that in there 
and it would it would always check out the same way? Uh, yeah, I mean, you're talking about Romans, Coach. I believe it's in Romans 8, and I'm going off the top of my head, but it, it talks about the fact that we're saved by hope. And uh, one version of uh, Hebrews 11 says uh, that it's the substance of things hoped for. That's correct. Uh, for for man, for for man hopes for what he sees, you know, then it's not real hope. But we hope for that which we do not see. And so that's that's uh, those words I believe can be interchangeable. I, I believe was the question you asked me originally. But yeah. So whenever I think about uh, when I think about the way the world looks at the word faith. I think that they look at faith, meaning that I have to sacrifice my intellect and my reason at the door of faith. And I don't really believe that's necessarily so. I don't think that that's what what anything in Romans or anything in Hebrews would be describing. I think that it's a conscious act of putting of putting your hope, of putting your trust in something or in someone other than yourself and of your own abilities. Is that fair? Or is that, is, am I completely out of, out of line in there? No, no. I, I, I believe that we should be as people of faith, we should have understanding. We should have wisdom. Um, I mean, you know, we should know what, what it is we believe and why we believe it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't believe we should limit that to, to I, I don't believe it should be blind faith. Um, I know, I know what the scripture says we walk by faith, not by sight, but there is blind faith where we just, shoot and hope something sticks but you know you got to have knowledge and wisdom especially when you're praying and you're praying in faith uh that faith has to come by the word of god faith come by hearing hearing by the word of god so you have to have that knowledge that understanding in order for your faith to be true or valid or solid i guess is a better word i, I should use yeah so brother austin that brings up uh somewhat of a, a thing you were talking about when he says hearing by faith and faith by the word of God, you talking about faith in terms of it being a spiritual gift when we were backstage. You want to elaborate on, on that conversation for a second? Well, if I, if I, if I could, I, I'd actually like to uh, elaborate more on what we were just discussing, sure. because when you pull up in the Strong's concordance uh, of faith, uh, the, the word that's used there is a, uh, is a pestis, right? And it, and it means trust and confidence and it's funny because what, what Pastor Joey was just talking about, C.S. Lewis had this to say about Christianity. He said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because or but because by it I see everything else. So I think I think faith is the same way. It's it's through through faith, faith is a trust and confidence that what God says in his word and what the scriptures say and the promises that he says that we have a trust and confidence in that. And so in the same way, I think that through that faith, that's how we're able to see everything else. I agree. I had to go back and make a change to Facebook. I apologize. I, I didn't. Well, and, and let me say this line's working now. I'm going to say this too, and then I'm going to throw it back y'all's way. Hebrews eleven six. if you go on down, says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him for yeah. whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So throw that back yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, because I was going to, I was going to use that as evidence that faith is a gift of the Holy spirit because it is impossible in and of ourselves to please God. Right. Uh, it takes, it takes Jesus interceding for the Christian continually according to, uh, 
John. And uh, and then you've got the whole concept that there's absolutely no way in of our flesh we could ever be pleasing to God. It's because whenever God sees us, he sees the Son by way of justification. If you go back and see the first episode, not that I'm shamelessly plugging it or anything, but uh, the fact of the matter is, is that in our flesh and in our own efforts and even in the things that we do right, it's never going to be pleasing to God. It's never good enough for God. So that this faith that would be necessary to please God by that logic to me would be faith that would be given from God for the, for the purpose of pleasing God. Anybody want to touch on that or add to that? That goes goes back to the scripture we talked about earlier. This is before we got on live. Uh, about that God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. Indeed. Uh, we, we all have that measure uh, within us uh, that, that God has given us, that capacity to believe, that capacity to receive uh, the word of God. Um, and with that capacity, which goes back to our previous point about knowledge and, and wisdom and checking that at the door, so to speak, uh, it, it's, it, it, it goes to that point that we're, we, we need to increase our faith. We need to increase our knowledge. And grow in the Lord uh, so that so that we can believe. Because if there's really, I mean, the scripture asks the question, is there anything too hard for the Lord? It says with God, all things are possible. So if we really believe that, we, we really see and understand that, 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 that God, uh, with God, nothing is impossible. Then what, you know, if all, if all I'm going to believe for is to be saved, uh, then I'm limiting God. You know, if, if he's a God of impossibility, then I want my level of faith to be the point that I can grow, that I can, that I can hear and receive and, and see the, the impossible things, things that I did not believe. You know, it's sort of like uh, it's in the Gospels where Jesus was performing miracles and they left declaring we've never seen anything like this before. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's the level that's the level we also strive to get to. God, show me, show me things like I've never seen them before. Let me let me walk in that level of faith, uh, and and. Going back to Austin, the scripture Austin brought out, without that kind of faith, uh, it's impossible to please him. Uh, yeah. But we we want those rewards because we diligently seek him. So that that level uh, of, of growing and, and maturing in faith, and, and that's a process, but um, it, it's, it's, it's one I think we also seek after. One of the things that when y'all were talking about that, I, I'm, I'm immediately thinking about Mark chapter 9, and that's where uh, – for the sake of for the sake of time, I just uh, I, from fourteen down, I read that instead of the whole chapter. When they came back to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and some of the scribes were arguing with them. And immediately, when the entire crowd saw them, they were amazed and began running, uh, running up to meet, greet him. And they said, "What are you discussing with them?" This was Jesus asking that question. And uh, one of the crowd answered him, "Teacher, I brought you my son, possessed with a spirit which makes him mute." And whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground and and he foams at the mouth and he grinds his teeth and stiffens out. I told the disciples to cast it out and they could not do it. And he answered them and said, oh, unbelieving generation. And I think one, I think King James says, oh, faithless generation. But for I mean, NASB here, oh, unbelieving generation, how long until how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, and when he saw him immediately, the spirit threw him into a convulsion, and falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? 
and he said, from childhood, it has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the crowd was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the spirit, saying to him, You deaf and mute spirit, I command you to come out of him and do not enter him again. And after crying and throwing into a terrible convulsion, it came out, and the boy became so much like a corpse that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, raised him, and he got up, and he came into the house, and the disciples began questioning privately, How could we not drive it out? And he said to them, This cannot come out but by prayer. And I think the King James says prayer and fasting, but in any case, uh, is to me, the, we've been using the word faith in a, in a very similar way that we use the word revelation. And that's that there is a generalized revelation. There is a generalized faith. And then there's times whenever God gives us uh, inspiration or um, the, supernatural revelation of his word is that the, is that the same thing that we see happening here with faith you mean in this story it, it, well in this story or in, in in ways like you were talking about how god gives every man a measure of faith but then there's faith necessary for uh healings or things that continue oh, to yeah. grow as we grow with our as we grow in a relationship with god is that kind of what you're talking about in the same way we view yeah so, so in this story, the, the, the verse that gets me is the, well, the jumps out to me rather is the, where he, he declares and I, he says belief, but I'm going to use the word faith. But yeah. He says, I've got faith, but help my lack of faith. Exactly. You know, it's basically what he's saying. You know, he's saying, I, I do have faith. I understand that you can do this, but I've just seen this for so long. I don't know how you can do it. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's just that confidence, you know, of knowing uh, that God can do, the impossible. And, and this is what he's saying. He said, I, in my natural eyes, I just can't see this happening. I, I just can't see this working out. I don't know how this is going to transpire, but help me get to a place where I can't, where, where I see and witness and, and help my belief. And, and it goes back to, and, and I know we're jumping around a little bit, but it goes back to Thomas. You know, Thomas said, unless I see the nail prints in his hand and the scar on his side, I, I won't believe. And that's, that's where a lot of people are in their level of faith, they want to see signs and wonders. And even the scripture says that adulterous generation seeks after signs and wonders. We want to see something in order to believe. But Jesus said to Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen, but yet still believe. Mm-hmm. And so that, that level of faith um, to have that, that understanding that we uh, should believe and trust God in spite of what we see again, faith come by. I mean, uh, it, the, just walk by faith, not by sight. It's, it's beyond what we see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's knowing that God is bigger than anything that we're, we're confronted with. So to answer your question about the healing stuff in the natural healings, don't look possible. He, healings. I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of times doctors say there's nothing else we can do, yeah. but, but God is still a great physician and God's still able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And so when we understand that and we live in that realm of, of faith to say, you know what, God, we, we just believe you. It's not that God can't do it, but if we can believe, all things are possible. So uh, if we can have faith, he rewards those that diligently seek him. So we, we have that level and understanding of, of walking in faith and not, not by sight. 
Now, now y'all get me going, I could go on and on because no, I no, you're fine. You're fine. When I'm they not... told me it was faith, I was ready to jump on. I was in yeah. on that one, but yeah, but let's go. Uh, so whatever. You know what's interesting? Can yeah, I jump in here, John? Yeah, absolutely. So what, what's interesting is when he was reading that, it got me thinking. Uh, Pastor Joy was preaching a sermon yesterday called called uh, "Show Thyself Friends." You know, from from that passage of scripture that uh, from Proverbs. And uh, what's what's interesting about faith, like when you was reading that, talking about, you know, it can only come by prayer and fasting or prayer. Um, I, I think that in, in some of the I think it would be fair to say in some of these situations, uh, there's a level of synergism to say that God is the one that works out all things. But he still expects us to have that measure of faith so that we come to him. And, and one of the places that you see this, is, I, I think is Romans 10, 14 through 17, where it talks about how then will they call on him and whom they have not believed and how are they to believe in whom they have never heard and how are they to hear without someone preaching and how are they to preach unless they're sent yeah. as is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, but they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed uh, what he has heard from us? And it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So, I mean, I think, I think obviously you see there, um, going back to what I was talking about, Pastor Joey's message, um, I think our faith not only can have an effect on our lives, they have a great effect on somebody else's life as well. So mm -hmm. We can see God do the miraculous in somebody else's life, whether it be through salvation, you know, through preaching the word, whether it be through uh, miraculous signs. But it, it all has to be in the will of God, obviously. I mean, I because... How then will they call on whom they not believed and believe who they not heard? And without someone preaching, you know, they're, they're sent and we're sent and we're, we're in God's will. But at the same time, we have to have the faith that God is going to do this, these things in somebody's life. And the whole, the whole, the message that also is talking about, we talked about the four men that brought their friend or paralytic friend to, to Jesus and the mm -hmm. Bible said, Jesus, Jesus said, the Bible said of Jesus, when he saw their faith, That's you right. know, this paralytic man, he'd been in this situation, you know, majority of his life. And here he is unable to do for himself, but the faith of four men to say, you know what, whatever we got to do to get past the crowd and get past the religion and get past all this yeah. other stuff. And that was the whole crux of the message was that they had to deal with the Pharisees who were the religious folks. They had to deal with the crowd who were just kind of marring things up that, that they couldn't get to Jesus, you know, and, and they had to deal with a paralytic man that was unable to do for himself, but somehow or another they managed. I mean, could you imagine me and Austin grabbing the corner of a mat and John being on it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it takes great faith to lift a man like that. You know, uh, right. there's a reason why he called himself <laughs> big John, but I, I don't That's know. Why I don't do that because everybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, you, you think that level of faith and Jesus saw their faith. He yeah. saw where they were able to believe and trust that if we could just get him into the presence of the Lord. And, and the, the the first verse of that passage, I believe it's verse 12, but it says, and the and there was uh, power present to heal. Yeah. So they had to recognize something was going on, uh, obviously because Jesus was there, but the fact that they, they went to those great lengths to even go up to the roof and rip those tiles off and lower him down into the presence of the Lord, uh, that, that, that level of faith, not just, I mean, that's obviously beyond what we're talking about. That's beyond saving faith. That's faith to operate in a gift, 
to say, you know what, God, I, I, I trust that if I can get my friend there, he yeah. can be made whole. So now I'm going to, I'm not going to push back on any of that because obviously I agree with all that, but I want to, I want to hone it up. I want to hone it up to a way that, that maybe some outside our camp wouldn't try to, to say these are just regular Pentecostal talking points, right? Sure. Is that fair? Now, sure. whenever, uh, when I was talking about the correlation, at least the way it looks to me, and I may be wrong. So, I, you know, I, I always reserve the right to be wrong. Uh, there is a generalized revelation of who God is, according to Romans chapter one, right? In Romans chapter one, because we have creation, that the things that have been created know the divine power and Godhead, right? Because we see creation and everybody's without excuse. According to Romans chapter one, I think it's 17 through 20. Am I wrong on that? Somewhere around in that? I think you're right. So then there's this generalized revelation. But then we have Paul who gives us a divine revelation from God. We have Jesus Christ giving us divine revelation. This is what the scriptures mean when they say this, right? This is what the parables mean. And he, he leads us in this. In fact, uh, the ministry of the Holy Ghost inside the church is to lead us in all truth, right? Is is to teach us, is to convict us, is to is to make the the words of Scripture alive to where we can understand them. If if, that, if I can use words that probably are borderline inappropriate to say it, that Scripture is relevant, always relevant, but our understanding of of Scripture is is marred because of our our flesh, and it takes the Spirit of God to make these words. Uh, I guess enlightened to us, enlightened us, yeah, whatever. Use a word that makes sense. I'm from Cherville, right? Uh, if we were to take that same analogy and look at, at what I see faith as being generally applied to all people, but then there's times where there's supernatural faith, faith that otherwise is not generally accessible by all people. And I think this is a gift of the Holy Spirit working. Jesus, ultimately, being of perfect faith, being the author and the finisher of faith, right? That power to heal, that authority, that's in him whenever these four men carry this paralytic to him, right? So if we were to look at this in a post-cross portion of Scripture, it should apply if that's true. And I'm thinking about whenever Paul and Silas are in prison and they're under the jail in Acts chapter 16, maybe. Yeah. Is that, is that right? 16. I think so. 16 That's, or 19. I, I, I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. So, so you know the story as well as I do. They are, uh, they're thrown in jail at the very bottom of the jail. And at midnight, they begin to sing praises and hymns and the earth shakes and the, and the shackles of, of everyone is broken and the doors are open. You don't hear of a mass exodus from the jail uh, and the guard goes to commit suicide because he feels that he's failed. And then uh, they say, don't do that. We're still in here. And then eventually that is for the salvation of the guard and his entire household. We don't see healing faith in this moment, but you can't, I can't see that praise and that worship that's going on at midnight being void of faith. Is that fair? You see what Absolutely. I'm saying? Absolutely. That, that faith that, they, they that put faith doesn't always look the the faith does not always look the same way uh, that we see in the gospel accounts 
and in the epistles that this is this is a confidence in God. Exactly. This is a confidence in God. And God's already said this is what's going to happen. And if it costs us our life, then it costs us our life. But God's worthy of praise. And in that moment, God, God shows up with power to save. Right. Power to deliver. Power to redeem. And uh, again, that's in Christ. That's in his Holy Spirit. That's not in Paul or or Silas, but it it is there because they're acting in faith. Again, this kind of goes off the rails quickly. I don't mean for it to, but you, you know. No, that's fine. I, I, you know, so yeah, there's an operation of faith there, but I, I believe, you know, you know, Paul speaks of glorying in his infirmities or, or, mm -hmm. or glorying in his persecution and what he went through. So I believe even in that moment that Paul was worshiping and teaching Silas even to worship in the midst of this tribulation that they were going through. And obviously, you know, it'd be easy for us to say that God came down and inhabited the praises of his people and it just blowed the doors off the place. Uh, but, you know, that that Paul, even in that moment, demonstrated. And I, I sometimes I interchange confidence and faith. And I, when I say confidence, I mean confidence in God, you know, yeah. because really, I mean, and that's how faith, the Hebrews 11, 1 defines it. It's it's a substance, it's a confidence in things hoped for. Um, some some verses you, and, and uh, the version you guys use says assurance, but it's that that confidence that even in even in the depth of that jail cell and even in the depth of that that problem that they're dealing with, that they knew God was still sovereign, that God was still in control. Yeah. Um, that 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 level of faith, being able to say, you know, no matter what a, a doctor says, no matter what the bank account looks like, no matter what we're going through or, or, or up against, to have that confidence that God is still sovereign. And that God is still in control uh, of our life because we've committed ourselves to him uh, and we're still diligently seeking him first, which is Matthew six, you know, to seek his kingdom first and all these other things be added unto mm -hmm. us. To have that confidence to know that God's doing that, to put our faith in him, that that's again, that goes back at full circle to that scripture that we walk by faith and not by sight. So yeah. to, I believe that's where Paul was in that moment. And I, I want to bring something, one other thing up, John. Um, Absolutely. In Colossians two, I believe it is. It talks about how that God, how that Jesus, in Jesus, uh, all the Godhead was in Jesus bodily, mm -hmm. uh, and it, and and so everything, everything in the Godhead, everything about God was in Christ. And I'm, I'm gonna bring this around. But then you go to John one. It talks about in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Mm -hmm. And and then it talked about the Word being made flesh. Uh, and he dwelt among among us, talking about Jesus. Absolutely. So everything of the Godhead was in Jesus bodily. And then the word was manifested in Christ, who is the word made flesh. And our confidence and our faith is is built through the word of God. We we faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Mm -hmm. So all that, all that wrapped up in our faith. Uh, I'm trying not to talk with my hands too much because I'm on the camera here. But all that, all that wrapped up in it together to understand that our faith, and it goes back to the original question, you know, do we just check knowledge and wisdom and understanding at the door? No, you can't do that. You you have to grow in the Lord, and that's through the word of God. I know as Pentecostals, we, we get a rap about being emotional and stuff, but man, there has to be foundation to that emotion. If you don't understand why you're worshiping, why you're shouting, if you... If you just walk around blind faith, and I've heard people say, I'm just not receiving that. 
Well, that that doesn't necessarily denote true faith. I mean, there is still reality, and you have yeah. to deal with reality of what you're what's going on in your life. I mean, it's it's just. I mean, it, it, there's people that say that they're a Christian, but they've never really had faith to be saved. They just they just take on the identity or the name. Yeah. You know, there has to be a reality of. Uh, uh, understanding what your situation or circumstance is, but then putting your trust in God to walk you through it. I mean, I, I preach funerals of people that stood up and testified. I'm not receiving that diagnosis of cancer. Well, guess what they died of cancer. Yeah. Well, that's to me, my term is stupid faith. Cause you, you know, you can be, you can be kind of crazy and say, well, I'm just not going to receive this report. And I know what the scripture says about whose report would you believe? But God, listen, God still helps us to understand that there are realities. So to bring all that full circle, to understand that we have to have understanding of the word of God. We have to under, understand of our situation. We have to have understanding of our times, just like the, the sons of uh, Issachar. We have to understand where we're at in time and, and, and all that. So all that, all that brings us to a place uh, where we walk in faith and not by sight and not allow uh, the elements of this world to to hinder that or, or or stop what we know in in the word of God to be truth. So it doesn't matter what we feel, it doesn't matter what our emotion is, it doesn't matter what we want to declare. The word is truth and the word says certain things about us, certain things about our time, certain things about God, and we have to be able to we we have to be able to wrap our mind around that and grasp what God is trying to say to us for this moment or for that situation, which is I believe what Paul was doing in that moment. He knew I'm in prison. I'm locked yeah. in chains. I'm in shackles, but God's still good. And yeah. I'm going to praise him in spite of this. And when he did, God showed up. That's right. Uh, what I'm hearing you say is that, well, obviously I'm not trying to restate it. No, I'm looking at it from, so whenever you think about from our, from, from the Pentecostal camp, there is this idea of, the experience outweighs the book at times. And I know that sounds, that sounds hateful to, to some degree, but I've, I've heard more than one person make statements like, well, I know because I know, or I know because I had this, this time, this encounter with God. And for those that, that have that, I suppose you say, well, praise God. If that's good enough to, that you can continue to grow in God through that moment, that's fine. I don't know how you share that. Right. I don't know how you take what God's given you as the individual and you use that to see the kingdom of God made better. I don't see how you use that to see the law saved or to see the church built up. But when you say things like Paul knew and had confidence, Paul would say that his confidence was in knowing this book. Right. That, that Paul that Paul knew the book. And he knew in Romans 8, 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this world are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. He's he's not just banking his walk with Christ off of the encounter on Damascus Road. He's banking his walk with Christ on the, on the sure mercies of God and the truth of who God is and the reality of who God is. And he has a very rich historical and, and, and uh and living document that he can continually go back to and share. So whenever he goes to people, yes, he tells them about his personal testimony and what God done with him on the road to Damascus, but he also reasons with them through the scriptures, right? So he's not taking, he's not taking an experience and an emotion to people and saying, here, take this, this worked for me. But he says, this is my testimony. This is how God 
changed me. This is how I was redeemed. This is how I was born. And this is what it means to live by faith. That Abraham got up and took everything he had and went to a place that God would later on show him. And that's good enough is to have that kind of faith. And he's continually citing Old Testament scripture, what we call Old Testament scriptures, what he just had is the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. So what I hear you saying is, is that reading your text and knowing the book only serves to deepen your faith. It only serves to bolster your faith and to put your, your hope and your faith in something like the word of God, as opposed to an emotional moment where the doctor gives you a bad report, but you don't want to listen to it. Right. And you say, well, I'm not going to believe that I choose to believe this report. And then you make something up that suits you isn't isn't necessarily from god right now we also have we have cases right where god has has divinely healed folks of a terminal condition and we give god glory for that we give god praise for that and we make sure that he gets all the credit especially when the doctors say there's nothing i can do and then somehow or another they're healed right but there's a scriptural basis for that i'm the lord thy god that heals all your diseases that's exactly right that's exactly so there's right a, there's a scriptural foundation for that yeah and uh there's a danger in robbing God of that glory. I believe there's a danger right. in choosing to, uh, to give a, a doctor or a medicine credit where clearly God has stepped in. Even if, even if you use the medicine, God give people the intelligence to design that medicine. So we have to be, we have to know that all our hope and all our trust is in Christ. Uh, I, I said in the backstory that I was going to moderate more than I was going to talk. No, I've, I've, <laughs> I've, I've made myself a liar and I didn't mean to. Uh, it's all good. Uh, Brother Austin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything you want to talk about in terms of whether or not uh, faith. I don't want to, I don't want to be the dead horse with the whole supernatural faith and divine, but, but the gift of faith as opposed to the general giving of faith by everybody, which I think is important to note that God gives every man, all good gifts come from God. Even if it is, the same measure that every man is given, or if it is a uh, a supernatural amount in a moment necessary. I think faith, just going back to what y'all were talking about, faith always has to be contextualized by the word of God. It has to be pursued through the will of God. And when I say that is, you know, it's just kind of like in James 4, where it says, you do not have because you do not ask. But then it says you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Right. So it has to be contextualized in, in, in the will of God to that God would receive the glory for it. Right. And that yes. Christ would be magnified through it. Because even Jesus said in Matthew 21, 21 to 22, Jesus answered them, truly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. But again, I just believe that has to be contextualized in those ways through scripture, through God's will, which is found in scripture through, um, again, just so that he would receive the glory. Cause you, you also find where he tells us to, um, you find faith in prayer in James five, where it says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. And is anyone among you sick? Let him call on the elders of the church. Let them pray over him. So, I mean, you see all these, uh, I just, I just believe 
you know, just going back to what y'all said, faith, faith has to be done right. Because if, if faith, like I said, if faith is, if somebody tries to carry it out through something experiential and it's not contextualized through scripture, I think that their faith will destroy them. It will destroy where they're at spiritually if they're not careful because why didn't God do this? Why didn't God do that? Yeah. Well, it's because, you know, you, you asked to miss, you know, so. I, I agree. We've buried, we've buried believers in, uh, among the three of us sitting right here, we've all went to church with somebody who had the, had the testimony of Christ walked with the fruit of Christ in their life. And we probably can all think about somebody different in this moment that we were at their funeral. And we know that, uh, death did not win. And we know that death did not win because we have assurance in scripture, right? Right. That he overcome the grave, that he overcome death and that, and that there is healing for all in Christ. Therefore, uh, this healing can't be temporal. It can't be something that is temporary and only here on this earth. It has to be something that is eternal in the same way that Christ is eternal. And at least if, when I read Isaiah 53, that's the way I read it. Right. Uh, so I think that it's important to hit on this, this, this way. One of the things that we try to do, and I, I don't know how many of these episodes you've ever caught, uh, Pastor Joey. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched a real talk or listened to a real talk with Big John at all. We take the, we take the topic and we, we try to unpack it as, as doctrinally sound and as, theolo as theologically relevant as we can so that we don't, uh, undercut it so that we can we can teach the doctrine as biblically based as possible and and still be as academic enough to where we don't cheapen it but then there's also this area where we try to take it and say now this is the knowledge what do you do with it how do you walk with it because you know as a pastor you know this better than than austin or i could there's a difference between head knowledge and being able to use it. There's a difference between sitting in church and understanding what's being taught and being taught correctly and then getting up on Monday morning and approaching the world the way that the way that we should be approaching the world with faith. So what is the practical application of understanding and working out biblical faith in light of, uh, I don't know, Tuesday afternoon, whenever they tell you have to work over, right? Uh, regular everyday approach to it how would you define or apply faith in that way or, or anything you want to say to it in that way so i'm gonna i'm gonna jump back to one little phrase you said earlier and it, sure. i think that might i think that might help us here uh and it will kind of bring this full circle you, you said a moment ago you you were defining you you said faith and then you said supernatural faith yes uh, and i believe the way you said it was uh as 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 it's needed i think it's what you said uh um, i may have I may, yeah. as it's needed or, or whatever the situation may deem or whatever I, I, it was something along those lines but i think you said as it's needed you know uh in in first corinthians 14 12 and 14 where it's talking about the gifts and one of the gifts is to get the faith mm -hmm. um it, it tells us there at the end of that those lists of gifts that we should seek earnestly the best gifts my my interpretation of that uh, the way I read that is, is, you know, if I need healing, then I need to pray for the gift of healing. I need to seek earnestly the gift of healing for God to bring healing. If I need 
a word of wisdom. I seek earnest word of wisdom. So that gift of faith, sometimes I believe our situations, and this goes, and I'm tying this into what you're asking me, that gift of faith, I think sometimes depends on what we're facing on a daily basis and how we seek God and ask God to help us get through those, those, those daily, those daily situations. You know, one thing I encourage people to do is, you know, find scripture as it relates to your everyday life. You, you know, we're sitting here and we're, and I'm not saying this braggingly, but we're popping off a bunch of different scriptures and stuff. And, and, and it's because we've applied it. We've got it in our heart. Uh, we're recalling it. We have the ability to recall it. Well, that's that's every day. Uh, you know, I, I tell people you're not going to find a situation that you're going to find yourself in that you can't find a scripture to help you through it. That's just my belief. I believe that God speaks and gives us everything, just like he told Peter. I give you everything that pertains to life and godliness, everything you need in life. He gives that to us. And I believe he gives that to us through the word of God, through the spirit of God. And, and we have to have the faith to believe that. Every step we take is ordered by God. That ain't just on Sunday in church service. That's right. It's it's every day that every every step I take is ordered by God. And so I'm I'm taking those steps by faith to know that if I'm there, and no matter what there is, it could be sickness, it could be being well, it could be in abundance, it could be lack. No matter what it is, I've got to believe that I'm there for a reason, and it's to bring glory to God. And I've, I've got to take that step, that ordered step, in faith to know that God is helping me uh daily to get there but sometimes i sometimes we run up on stuff that we just don't understand we we're, we're in situations that just doesn't make sense you know why am i here why is god allowing this to happen you know and then sometimes we give the devil credit why is the devil doing this to me well nothing, the devil does nothing except god allow it but you know i i got to know that i'm here and i'm in this situation right now because it's ordained of god and that I've got to have the faith and trust that God brought me to it and then God can bring me through it. And I know that's cliche, but it's truth. I mean, yeah. there's nothing, there's nothing that happens in my life that God has not allowed. And I've got to keep my faith, my trust, my confidence. And going back to the word that's in the version you guys use, and I think it's ESV, mm -hmm. uh, the assurance that every day God is in control and God is sovereign. So the practical way for me uh, to walk it out daily is to stay in his word. It's the first thing I do every morning. I grab the scriptures and I read and I, and I, and I let God speak to me through those scriptures, whatever they may be. Uh, I, I, it may be a lot. It may be a little, it just depends on what my day may look like. But I, I try to find a nugget in God's word somewhere or another to help me navigate my life on a daily basis and trust that what God has spoken to me through his word is truth and have the assurance that God will fulfill that and complete that in me, which he has begun against the day of Jesus Christ. That's good. That was Brother a Austin. I'm sorry. No, you good. I asked. I asked and you delivered. That's that's what I was looking for. <laughs> Brother Austin, is there something that, that, that you look at when you think of how to, uh, uh, how to word all this in a way that you can, I don't want to say like give it to somebody on a, on a note card, you know, or a fortune cookie or some nonsense like that. But what I'm talking about is like when somebody comes to you and they say, here's what, here's what I've got. You're, 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 you're on the, the truck stop or whatever, you know, one of your runs and, and a guy that you see on the daily comes up to you and he's say he's a believer. Obviously the information that you give him is going to be different than the information that you would give an unbeliever. Right. So you would, you would look at him as a, 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 here's a brother of mine. 
We have the same father and he's, he's in a position where he needs a word of wisdom in this, or he needs a prayer and faith is what he says. I, I just need to, I need faith. I need to believe, help my unbelief. What do you say to him in that moment? Well, I think faith, as I said, I, I just think faith, fun, you can't get away from the fundamentals. I mean, you have to seek faith through prayer, through understanding the scriptures. James 1, 5 through 8 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all who, without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, stable in all his ways. So, I mean, you, faith faith has to be built through, again, understanding scriptures, reading scriptures, as Pastor Joy said, every day. You got to get up. You got to read the scriptures. You got to pray through these things. And if you just say, I don't understand, you got to ask, you got to ask the Lord. Say, help me yeah. to understand these things. I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't have wisdom to understand these things. And you have to pray through them because if you go to Hebrews, I, I don't, I, I think it's very fitting that if you, Read through Hebrews 11, then you go to Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So just tying that up, it has to come from prayer. And it has to come from reading the scriptures and understanding the will of God. That's that's how your faith grows. Whether you're just beca just becoming a believer and being discipled, or whether you've been in this thing 15, 20, 30, 50 years. I mean, it all it all comes through these fundamental foundational things, which is the word through prayer. I wanna I wanna touch on something you said from James, because uh to somebody who's listening, this might this might sound almost heartless when you say he who prays, prays with faith for an unbelieving man will not receive anything because he's like a, uh, what do you say? A, a double-minded man. Double-minded. Unstable so, in all his way. Whenever I heard you say that, now the first thing I thought was, well, if I don't know what faith is, how can I pray in that faith? If I don't know how to articulate or how to apply faith, and, and, if, and if that's the thought that you've had, my my answer to that was as soon as you said it, I thought, well, then I have to look to something that I can that I can, and I, and that's scripture, right? We let scripture define scripture. So whenever I see pray the prayer of faith, well, what what is that? That's whenever I look. Even if even if I were in James's shoes or in Paul's shoes, I would have went back and looked at the references that they've given us in the Genesis account. Whenever we see God move and choose Abraham. When I see God deliver the Israelites in the Exodus, whenever I see him dwell with them in the wilderness, whenever David and uh, and his mighty men are always successful, whenever, uh, whenever Daniel overcomes because he put his faith and his trust in God and he refused to stop from praying, he overcome the lion's mouth, things like that. These are the things that I think that they would have had to use to say, hey, wait a minute. This is the same God that my people have always served. And he's always been able to deliver and he's always been able to save. And even if, 
like those Hebrew boys. Even if this is my time to die, I get the ability to do so in in him. Is that fair to say that, that you'd use that those uh, references in scripture to yeah, as an evidence of faith? Uh, Joe, would you? Oh, well, I'm no, going to give it go, over go for to it. Yeah. Pastor Joey. I just wanted to say, I, I I just think that maybe a better way to preference it would be to, is to say, maybe if somebody don't have a better understanding would, would, would be to say confidence and trust, just confidence and trust that what this word says and what God said he would do and what he did for those prior that we can look to like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and all them, that God will do what he said he would do because his promises are always his his promises will never change. I mean, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it's just that confidence and trust, knowing that from Genesis to Revelation, what this says, you can you can uh, heard somebody say you can you can put your weight on it. Okay. Yeah. So the the fact that. Um, a lot of the people that we read about in the New Testament, the only point of reference that they have was the Old Testament, what we know is the Old Testament. Those scriptures, that the fact that they, through faith, through revelation, through whatever you want to, however you want to declare it, that they found Christ to be the Son of God through that. Mm-hmm. We, we know in Old Testament, there, there are at least 30 direct prophecies as it concerns Jesus coming in the flesh or, or how God was ordaining all that. And so that they they saw that through the scripture of how God was at work even in the beginning to bring to pass a savior for us mm-hmm. uh, that we could put our faith and our trust in that that they in that time see you know the fact that we've got a canonized version of scripture now where you know we get to see not just the Old Testament patriarchs and those that endured what they endured going through the list that John just went through. But now that we get to see Peter, James, John, Paul, and all these guys in the New Testament in their life, uh, and, and it goes back to that scripture that uh, Austin was talking about in Hebrews 12, we have this great cloud of witnesses That's right. through scripture that we get to look at and say, hey, they, they went through it and they succeeded and they got through on the other side. I can too. You know, they they saw God do If God's no respecter of persons, if he did it for them, he'll do it for me. And so I can put my faith and my trust in the fact that God will do what he said he would do. His promises are yes and amen. And so uh, to, to have that that confidence to know that, that God will uh, do in me what he said he would do and, and that he will fulfill those scriptures. You know, another verse that Austin brought up was that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. I, I think he used the word founder. But to know that God is the one that originated it yeah. and God is the one that's going to perfect it. God is the one that's working it in us. And sometimes he allows us to be in areas in our life and do things in our life on a daily basis uh, that, that grows that faith that we say, hey, it was God that got me through this. It was God that brought me through. You know, uh, you, you were talking about uh, the experience versus the, the doctrine or the, the foundation of Scripture. You know, I, I was thinking about the man born blind, how uh, they, they were trying to get him to explain that. He goes, look. Y'all can call them what you want to call them. Yeah. All I know is I was blind, but now I see. Yeah, he's you know, a saint or sinner. I don't know. Here's I, I one thing know. I do know. <laughs> I was blind, but now I see. So that experience, and, and and they were asked the question, you know, why was this yeah. man born blind? Was his father sin? His mother sin? What happened? Jesus said, no, he, this this happened for the glory of God. That's exactly right. That's there, exactly there are some right. things. There's some things that we go through and we have to endure through faith. Uh, 
simply because it's going to bring glory to God when we go through it and we walk it out the way we need to walk it out. This man, it was a divine moment that he met Jesus and Jesus healed his eyes. Exactly. It, it was a divine moment that this, this gentleman that was on this bed, that his, the four men decided we're going to tear this roof off. It was a divine moment. And we have those in our life. And those moments build our faith. I mean, that, the scripture said when that man got up off his mat uh, after his friends lowered him down, he got up and walked home. <laughs> he went home glorifying God. That's right. The lame man at Gate Beautiful got up leaping and praising and magnifying God. All of it was for the glory of God. So we, we as a people uh, know that we go through things. And when we get through them, we, we got to come out on the other side glorifying God. Even in the midst of it, like, the, like Paul and Silas, you were talking about earlier. In the midst of it, you still got to glorify God. That's right. Because we know by faith that God is sovereign, He's in control, and that whatever He leads us through, through He'll, I mean, to He'll lead us through. So that 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 should be our confidence. That's our confidence, and that everything that those uh, experiences. And I'm not I'm not against people having experiences, just for the record, right? Right. In, in the Lord, and I'm not against anything that uh, what would we call a. Uh, an extra biblical manifestation of God. I'm not against that at all. Right. It's just that the thing is, uh, it, it had, it needs to always line up with scripture. Right. Right. The prophecies Absolutely. that you were talking about that Jesus, uh, fulfilled were in answer to a prophecy that he said in the old Testament by way of Holy spirit and, uh, through the prophets that was going to happen. So it's just him answering his own question and, and setting a precedent that he is God and he is God alone and there is no other. So uh, nobody else could do it, but him, nobody else could do it, but him. So yeah. whenever I think about it, like, like that, obviously him being sovereign, him being Lord, him being creator, him being sustainer, author, finisher, doesn't really leave room for anybody else to get glory, nor should there be room for anybody else to get glory. It all needs to be about him and to him and for him and in him with that, with that being said, whenever we have examples where God moves miraculously, it will always and should always, if it is of God, glorify God, should edify the church, should seek to uh, to save the lost in that, I think. And I believe that it will always line up with what we see in Scripture. Is that fair? Fair to me. I can say it was, uh, we, we don't script it because I want it to be real. Right. And and if and there's where here's where it's at. If 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 we disagreed, I believe that, that we would find that in, in our disagreement in this, I believe that God would also receive glory because there'd be an answer given, right? Absolutely. Iron sharp as iron. Iron sharp as iron. So uh there's a there's a thing that uh, Chad used to tell me whenever uh whenever I was real young in the faith and whenever he he uh we went to work to get, we worked together. We rode back and forth to school together. It was impossible to get away from him. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and he would make statements like to him, he said, faith is knowing that God is right. Even when it don't look like he's right. And, it, and it's just right. Whatever it is, whether it is a bad doctor's report, whether it is a good doctor's report, whether it's, uh, low finances or rich, whether it's, uh, piles of children or no children, whatever the situation is, God's right. Even if it doesn't look like he's right. And even whenever the situation isn't what you want it to be, God's right. I can about just, cause I don't like, I don't like 
hard times. I don't like lean time. I don't like being aggravated. I don't like things. I got a lawnmower that's messed up right now, and I, I, I'm frustrated as I can be. I'd like to throw the thing off in a gully and strike a match to it, right? Uh, I don't like things that don't go right. I've I've made my living off of things going wrong, and I'm a man who don't like things <laughs> to, to go wrong, right? Uh, it's a kind of a conundrum. My 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 point in saying that is is that even whenever it looks wrong, God's God's right. And he can use situations that are bad and often does use situations that are bad for our good and for his glory. And believing that to me is how I put the faith that you're talking about in a postcard form. Right. So you're, your kids don't listen and they get on your last nerve because they're rebellious or they're, or they're hard headed and they're stubborn. God made them that way. God made them that way. And he give them to you. Study your scriptures, pray for them, intercede for them and know that they're not outside of God's authority. If we believe that God's sovereign, and I assume we do here, right? Believe that God's sovereign. So then that means that God's in control of the whole situation. And uh, I think that if we honor God in, in giving him that, that gravity, and if we worship God in the middle of that trying time, that God will, uh, God will be glorified. And I believe that there will be miracles, even life forevermore in those kinds of times. But uh, in any case, anybody got anything they want to add, anything they want to uh, bring up that we didn't cover? I think this faith journey is worth it, man. That's that's if I'm gonna sum up my part, you know, the the fact that God has given us promises, not not just for eternity, but in this life, uh, and promised that He give us everything that we need to be successful in this life, to be able to walk out His will, His plan, His purpose through His Word, uh, and and live our life to please Him in, in a way, knowing that eternally, we we have we have a promise, a guarantee. Matter of fact, the scripture said it's through his spirit that it's a guarantee of the inheritance to come, you know? And so, um, if, if I know I've got that, then, then I can walk daily knowing that there's an ultimate goal of what I'm trying to achieve and where I'm trying to get to, which is heaven, of course. But while I'm here on this earth to be able to walk my life in faith in a way that pleases him, that when I get before him, I can hear him say, well done. That's, that's the walk of faith. Amen. Brother Austin, you in the hot seat. Well, I think if um, I think if I had to say a summation, um, I think faith is also going back to the confidence thing. Faith is confidence that knowing that God's going to do the right thing. And you know, I think about a year ago when uh, Kelsey and I found out we were pregnant. This is before Judah, um, and then we went through a miscarriage, and I, I just you know, kind of threw us into a tailspin and it can either make you bitter or make you better, you know, and I had a little bit of bitterness and so did my wife, but while I was out there on the road driving and working, you know, I just began to pray and come to the fact to say, well, God, you know, I don't understand. I don't know why. I don't know what you're doing, but I trust you and I have confidence in uh, what you're wanting to accomplish. And now uh, on the backside, I've been blessed tenfold you know not because of my works or because of my faith but because god worked through 
me just saying, I trust you. And, yeah. you know, my marriage is better. My, I have a son who I love with all my heart. And uh, God's helped me to understand a lot of things better and draw closer to him through it. Um, and on top of that, just like Pastor Joyce said about walking that faith out here while we're on earth, you know, not not forgetting that it's not only uh, our faith we're working out, but just remembering to have faith in light of others, you know, just kind of like what Paul said in First Corinthians 13, too, where he says, if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing, you know, because yeah. scripture teaches us that these three things remain faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And so uh, just to sum it up, it's kind of like in second Peter, I'm jumping around a little bit here. Second Peter one, uh, starting at verse five, for this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control, with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, godliness of brotherly affection, brotherly affection, with love. So I definitely think in our faith, we also remember to work, work out love and faith at the same time. Um, and, uh, just pursue God together as, you know, whether it be, uh, as a body of believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, or it be for that person that doesn't have that faith that we can make a difference in their life through love and through, uh, faith, just knowing that, um, God wants what's best for them as well. Amen. I want to show some comments that we've been, uh, that we have that showed up over there. I don't know if y'all had the opportunity to see them when they came over. So I put them up there. I want to thank y'all for, for watching. Uh, Brother Austin, Brother Joey couldn't have said it any better myself. I want to take opportunity to thank y'all uh, for for doing this, uh, this is an example, I believe, of of brothers in Christ doing everything we can do while the time that we have here on this earth that God's given us to see the gospel of Jesus Christ spread and to see the church made better. Uh, I don't, I don't take it lightly. Uh, your time or your commitment to show up, I, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart that you would. Uh, that you would take this, especially, you know, this early in the morning. I know y'all have things to do. You own your own business and uh, and have a church. Pastor Joey, Brother Austin, you have a young family and all kinds of obligations. And it means a lot to me that y'all would, uh, would take his time to come out here with me. And I think that, uh, honestly, truthfully, I think that God will reward you for investing in the church. That's what I believe. I believe that we ought to spend our time investing in, in the church. It was a pleasure, brother. I love y'all and I appreciate y'all and uh, we'll try to, we'll try to get on here again and we're going to discuss next time. We're going to discuss works and how uh, works is not an antithesis of faith and faith is not an antithesis of work, but rather that these, these work hand in hand together until next time. I'm big John. I appreciate it.